five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Liebschaft, 
Wie die Flex mit setzen Demos auf dein Schoß, mit der Kisch abgewischt jeden Träger. Aber der Mame, sollst du nicht ersammeln, schreib gespielt, liebes Kind, schenk dir die
J.M. and the A.M. with the Willig family. Hashem Sefasai from their uh, CD, led by Avraham Willig out of Israel, entitled the Lave Avos here at J.M. and the A.M. Before that, Yaakov Shweki and Am Yisrael. That's a song that ended up in the top nine at nine last night with Yossi Zweig. Did not hit number one. But it did make it into the top nine at nine. I'm Yisrael, brand new from Yaakov Shweki. If you want to hear the entire nine at nine, it's being replayed this morning right after JM and the AM on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Shlomo Katz had Gibar. You heard Dudu Fisher with the Mama Medley. I spoke with Dudu yesterday. Was it yesterday or Monday? No, it was Monday. Spoke with Dudu on Monday. He is, uh, back here in the United States doing a whole bunch of stuff in Florida and hopefully at some point in the next uh, few weeks, we'll join us here at JM and the AM. Diaspora, I am still on my diaspora kick from Hask, and I decided to go away from the diaspora collection and do a couple of selections off of Land of Our Fathers, which I believe is the only diaspora album not represented on the diaspora collection, I, I believe. So you heard both Simcholi Artsecha and Sadiq. Am I right about that? I seem to remember that. And Regesh Modani opening things up as we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this 15th of January, day 14 in the month of Shvat. Guess what? Tomorrow is Tu B'Shvat. How do you like that? Tomorrow is Tu B'Shvat. Our Tu B'Shvat special will emanate from our Jersey City studios where I am right now. Mayor Weingarten will join me and we will celebrate Tu B'Shvat together. Believe you me, we need a good celebration here at JM and the AM and it's going to be happening tomorrow. I can't wait. Uh, so that's going to be a, uh, a wonderful gathering. Mayor Weingarten will be here 
We'll celebrate Tu Bishvat, and uh, who knows what surprises will occur. We always have, uh, I don't know, something always happens. A great caller or a wonderful segment. I'm sure tomorrow will be uh, no exception. Please keep in mind, Shalom Avraham ben Peshaleya for Rafur Shlema. Shalom Avraham ben Peshaleya for Rafur Shlema. Your help with that is greatly appreciated. 37 degrees, partly cloudy with a high temperature of 46 Mostly cloudy for tonight, low 34. Tomorrow, clouds in the morning, sun in the afternoon, high temperature 43 degrees. We're at 70 in Yerushalayim, 37 here in Jersey City, New Jersey. Jew in the city, Allison Josephs, is scheduled to join us later today. She's going to be part of the legendary destination's journey to Florida that we're going to be part of for Pesach. She is scheduled to be in studio later on this morning. And... Um, uh, some other interesting guests as well, and a whole bunch of uh, great music and plenty more, all happening between now and 9 o'clock this morning right here at JM in the AM. And keep in mind, again, that our 9 at 9 will air between 9 and 10 Eastern time on the stream at jmintheam.org. And uh, at 11 o'clock today, Yossi Zweig with a live lunch, a two-hour Z-Report live lunch from 11 until 1. I want to give a special shout-out to Jeff Moore. We had a major technical problem overnight with our live stream and Jeff Moore basically spent the overnight dealing with it and fixing it. I want to take this opportunity to thank Jeff um, for his dedication and for uh, helping us uh, operate as normally as possible this morning right here at JM in the AM.
Anochi Cronin Company with Deya Es Hashem. Very good material, I must say. It's a good song. Amude Sheish. I, I'm dedicating that to somebody who's celebrating a special day today. It's called Al Hanisim. And that is a, um, a semi, uh, a semi public dedication. Mizumin had Mimkomcha. You heard Benny Friedman brand new from his B'nai Hechala CD with B'nai Hechala. Did Benny Friedman make it into the top nine at nine last night? You'll find that at nine o'clock this morning when we replay last night's nine at nine on our stream at jmnam.org. You heard Shlemy Daskal opening up that set from the Deer Shoe or with the Deer Shoe song off of the Achenu CD. It's Wednesday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Coming up later in this show, Allison Josephs, who is going to be with us down in uh, Florida for Legendary Destinations on Pesach. She will be in our studio here at JMNAM. Always a very interesting guest. Always. Or at least the first couple of times she was here. So we'll speak with her in the 8 o'clock hour coming up here at JMNAM. Please keep in mind, Shalom Avraham Ben Peshalea for a Shlema. Shalom Avraham Ben Peshalea. For a Fuhr Schleiman, your help with that is greatly appreciated. Uh, Gali Tzal in the background. We're going to do our news from Israel here at the top of the hour. Rabbi Goldwasser, of course, at 7.30. And the big news is that tomorrow morning it's a Tu B'Shvat celebration. That's right. We celebrate Tu B'Shvat tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Mayor Weingarten will be here. We'll do a whole bunch of great things. Talk about Israel. Talk about the Hebrew language. And, of course, talk about Tu B'Shvat and celebrate with great music and more. Mayor Weingarten and I with you in this studio tomorrow morning for a Tu B'Shvat celebration at JM in the AM. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesday is next. Boker Tov from JM in the AM. Galay Tzal, Ashaa Shtayim, Kanarani Yovnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. תגובה ראשונה של שר החוץ האמריקני ג'ון קרי לדבריו של שר הביטחון יעלון, שכינה אותו משיחי ואובססיבי. כתבתנו... מת מפצעיו הגבר שנורה הלילה באזור התחנה המרכזית בתל אביב, כתבתנו שרון פולבר. המנוח תושב רמלה בן 20 נורה הלילה ברחוב ארלינגר בדרום תל אביב. צוותים של מגן דוד אדום פינו אותו לבית החולים אי חילוב כשהוא במצב קשה, והבוקר הוא מת מפצעיו. למשטרה דווח על אופנוע שנצפה כשהוא נמלט מזירת הרצח, שנעשים כעת מאמצים להתרו. תרם נעצרו חשודים והרקע לאירוע ככל הנראה פלילי. תגובות לדיווח בגלי צהל הבוקר על האיסור המוחלט להשן בבית החולים הפסיכיאטרי הברבנל. לפרסום של כתבתנו עמית תומר, הגיבו בצהריים מנהל בית החולים גאה, פרופסור צבי זמישלני, ואחריו דוקטור מוטי משיח, סגן מנהל הברבנל. הם שוחחו עם יעל דן. זה מהלך פופוליסטי שלא לוקח בחשבון שחולים פסיכיאטרים מאשנים פי שניים מאשר הציבור. משפזים אדם כזה, ולא מספיק שהוא במצוקה, תסמונת גמילה גורמת לאי שקט, להגברת חרדה, להגברת תוקפנות. לא ייתכן שבית חולים שהוא מוסד בריאותי מאפשר משהו שהוא מאוד לא בריאותי. נוצר מצב שבהם 25% מהאנשים שלא מאשנים באים ומתלוננים. 
כאלף מבקשות מקלט צועדות כעת לכיוון שגרירות ארצות הברית בתל אביב. בתוך כך בצהריים מתברר שזוכת אקס פקטור רוז פוסטנס לא תוכל לעבוד בישראל כזמרת. כתבתנו תמר ירושלמי. על פי חוק הכניסה לישראל רוז נכנסה באמצעות אשרת עבודה לענף הסיעוד ועל כן היא רשאית לעבוד בתחום הסיעוד בלבד. מרשות האוכלוסין וההגירה נמסר כי כל עבודה בתחום אחר שאינה תואמת את תנאי האשרה שבידה מהווה הפרה של החוק. כמאה רבנים מהציונות העדתית חתמו על עצומה נגד פעולות תג מחיר. אחד מהם הוא הרב אביחי רונסקי מאיתמר, שדיבר בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים. רובם ככולם של התושבים ביהודה ושומרון מתנגדים באופן חריף ביותר למעשים, אלה מעשים ילדותיים דרך אגב. לרסס גרסיטי, ובכלל לעשות את כל הפעולות האלה בתוך איזושהי ציפייה שזה ישנה משהו, והביטחון, וישראל ההתיישבות, מה הם חושבים אותם נערים. התחזית מחר ט"ו בשבט, עוד עלייה בטמפרטורות. ולקראת חג האילנות, נשיא המדינה שמעון פרס אירח ילדים במשכנו. תשאירו, מה איתכם? תשאירו, מה איתכם? אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
Wednesday morning, Yaakov Chesed. That is one incredible selection, in my opinion. Baruch Inafshi off of the CD entitled The Passage here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Daskal with Anna Avda off of Shomea Tfila. Eighth day with an amazing song. And I believe, and again, I don't have the list in front of me, but I, I believe, I remember from last night, all the retweeting we were doing, I believe that song ended up in the top ten. Or I should say the top nine. As Yassi's Wag presents the top nine at nine every Tuesday night. And it'll be repeated this morning, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM. And I believe that made it into the top nine, and it is a very interesting selection. Eighth day opening the hour with Never Afraid off of the Hula CD. Wednesday morning at 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. You know, for a lot of folks out there, it is the final day of school for a while. Are you familiar with that? Yeshiva break for so many elementary and high schools begins this afternoon. So, uh, hey, number one, 
If you're not on a regular school schedule over the next couple of weeks, still make sure to listen in to JM and the AM. Don't forget every single morning. And aside from that, have a great vacation. And um, hopefully it'll be a great vacation for everybody. So a lot of folks heading out of town, they'll be taking their uh, JM and the AM app and their uh, laptops along to make sure to be able to listen every morning, afternoon, and night to everything we have to offer. Uh, a lot of folks heading out of town. It's the Atavat to those heading to the Holy Land. And... Um, and uh, we'll be here. We'll be here every single morning with uh, great material, wonderful guests. Make sure to be tuned in no matter where you are. So on this January the 15th, the Yeshiva break is coming up for so many in our audience. Enjoy it, everybody. Please keep in mind Shalom Avraham Ben Peshaleya for Rufuish Lema. Shalom Avraham Ben Peshaleya for Rufuish Lema. And your help with that, again, Greatly appreciated. 17 minutes after the hour, this is JM in the AM. Here's Moshe Hecht.
J.M. and the A.M. Pretty cool, huh? Garrison Veroba covering the Moshe Yes uh, hit Freeway on the uh, Yes Legacy CD here at J.M. and the A.M. Double CD, I should say. That is one amazing collection. 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. It's Wednesday on this 15th of January, the 14th of Shvat. You know what that means? Tomorrow is a day of celebration. Tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow is Tuba Shvat. And we get to celebrate together right here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in starting at 6 a.m. Mayor Weingarten will be joining us as we uh, explore the incredible holiday of Tu B'Shvat, talk about Israel, we'll talk about the uh, Hebrew language, we'll talk about all the uh, recent developments in the Holy Land. And, um, I don't know, we'll just talk about uh, the beauty of the day. Tu B'Shvat celebration tomorrow right here at JM in the AM, and we are looking forward to it very much. Looking forward to it. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavos Havos writes that the essential provisions of life necessary for a person's existence are more readily available to him. For example, a person can't survive without air and water, and these basic necessities can easily be found all over the world. They're also free of charge. Gold and silver, on the other hand, are less accessible as they are not a prerequisite for survival. Similarly, the Altar of Kelm explains, Ruchnius, or spirituality, is an essential component of man's existence. The Pasuk in Chavakuk states, 
Vitsadik Bemunoso Yichya, the righteous person lives through his faith. Since a person can't subsist without faith, it is something that can be derived in any and every corner of the world. However, one has to seek it out and discern it. Oftentimes, people wander aimlessly, like a person lost in the dark. They don't perceive the hand of Hashem. They search for Hashem in the heavens. They don't realize, The earth is full of your possessions. Indeed, the Tilm of Dovid HaMelech embodies the profound gratitude and appreciation of Hashem. Through the Tehillim, the Psalms, Dovid HaMelech describes the greatness of Hashem and expresses his indebtedness to Hashem for every breath that he takes. He makes clear that man is totally dependent upon Hashem and without Hashem there is no life. In a similar vein, the Dark Musar asks, How could the Russia, the evil person mentioned in the Haggadah, ask, what is this service to you? Doesn't he grasp the miracles and the wonders of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? The Dark Musar answers that in fact he is not able to see it. He is spiritually blind because without Yerash Shamayim, proper fear of heaven, it's impossible to perceive Hashem. The 15th day of Shvat is one of the great days that facilitates our comprehension of the greatness of Hashem. When we eat the new fruits and contemplate their growth, we begin to understand the profundity of the wonders of creation. The presentation of the dates, the figs, the grapes, our consumption of these delightful fruits provides us with a perfect opportunity to see Hashem's greatness. The day of Tu B'Shvat is a day that attests to our Amunah in Hashem. In the Medrash Rabbah we learn, a Suda will be prepared for the Tzaddikim in Gan Eden. Hashem Yisparach will sit at the head of the table and all the Tzaddikim will sit by his feet. There will be served all kinds of fruit from Gan Eden and they will eat from the Eitz Chaim, the Tree of Life. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Actually, the uh, title track of uh, Baruch Levine's most recent CD. That's Modin here at JM and the AM. Reminder, tomorrow right here between 6 and 9 a.m., it is our annual Tu B'Shvat celebration. Mayor Weingarten will be here. We'll celebrate Tu B'Shvat with you, our wonderful audience. Get ready for a phenomenal holiday on the radio right here between 6 and 9 a.m. at JM in the AM. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we are anticipating a, uh, a great program tomorrow morning. Um, Johnny Daniels is with us live via telephone. Before we tell you about the, uh, project that he's involved with now in January of 2014. I'll give you some background. He's uh, originally from England, moved to Israel nine years ago, served three years in the Israeli army, gained rank of staff sergeant in the paratroopers. After his service, he made a transition into politics, became senior advisor for then deputy speaker of the Knesset and now deputy minister of defense, Danny Danone. He's worked with numerous politicians in Israel and is best known for his innovative work on Prime Minister Netanyahu's previous campaign with the use of international celebrities such as Donald Trump and Chuck Norris. And we will update you as to what Johnny Daniels is doing now in just a moment. Johnny Daniels, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you for having me. A pleasure having you. Difficult being a paratrooper, no? It wasn't easy. I guess there's no question about that. Um, you know, it's funny because the Chuck Norris uh, contribution to the Netanyahu campaign was intriguing, fascinating, and for many, you know, raised a lot of questions. Uh, I mean, what happened? You, you, you approached a Hollywood celebrity like him, and he just hopped aboard? He was enthusiastic to support the prime minister? I've got to tell you, I mean, I've, I've, known, uh, I've known Chuck Norris for a while now. Um, the support here in the United States uh, for Israel across the board is, is truly remarkable. Um, and it was important for us to relay that to, to the public in Israel. And uh, when I told Chuck that he had the opportunity to, to do something for Prime Minister Netanyahu, he jumped at it. Uh, it. It really wasn't much of a question. Interesting. Yeah. So there are some big supporters of Israel in Hollywood, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And tell me about Donald. You know, I remember the whole video and everything with Chuck Norris. I don't remember Donald Trump's uh, contribution to all, and I don't mean financial contribution, but I don't remember his contribution to the campaign. What was that like? Yes, there was no financial contribution. <laughs> I know. I know. That's very, very clear. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was a, a similar thing. Uh, Mr. Trump did a couple-of-minute video um, coming out in support of Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, which was also very well received in Israel. In Israel, people are less um, involved in, in his politics and, and his view. They see him as a uh, significant celebrity in the United States. And when he came on board, uh, it, it you know, really got the questions going in Israel. And uh, it was pretty interesting. People liked it. What do you think this week as you watch the tributes uh, to Ariel Sharon, who just passed away on Shabbat? What were your thoughts? As uh, I know that it's already been eight years since he was incapacitated. But uh, what were your thoughts to, uh, well, I guess what we can call a, a, a slight transition? Yeah, the, the thought, you know, the, the community, especially in the United States and across the world, really came out um, and, and rallied behind the Prime Minister. Well, first of all, he was alive, and, and you know, especially now. Uh, his last couple of years uh, in office uh, swayed international opinion of him, uh, softened his image a little bit, and, and enabled people to, to get behind him now and, uh, you know, and speak as they did. Right. Hey, Johnny, can I ask you a favor? Are you near a landline where you can reconnect with us? 
because we're having a lot of trouble hearing you, and what you have to say is really important. Is, there, is it possible for you to reconnect with us in a second? Sure, sure. I appreciate that. Johnny Daniels with us. He's going to reconnect in a moment and um, and uh, speak with us. As you heard, he's a 28-year-old Ole from England to Israel, served in the paratroopers three years in the Israeli army, uh, staff sergeant in the paratroopers uh, group, after service went into politics, was senior advisor for then deputy speaker of the Knesset and now deputy minister of defense, Danny Danone. He's worked with many uh, politicians in Israel and is best known for his innovative work. I'm Prime Minister Netanyahu's innovative campaign when he used celebrities like Donald Trump and Chuck Norris. Johnny, you there? I'm here. Oh, this is a million times better, and I thank you for that. How's Danny Danone doing? You've been really our connection uh, to him over the years. His star seems, from our vantage point, to continue to rise. How would you evaluate it? Danny's doing incredibly well. Danny's really um, seen as a trendsetter in Israel. You know, a lot of the stuff that, that he was pushing initially um, seemed a bit too right. right. Um, you know, at the beginning, and really, again, the, the people of Israel are really um, are getting behind him. Um, you know, the paradigm in terms of politics in Israel has changed significantly over the last few years. There's no such thing in Israel anymore as land for peace. Uh, all of these things that are being pushed upon us are, are not things that the people of Israel want. And I'm not just talking about the Likud voters. Right. We see it across the board. People in Israel really understand who we're dealing with, who our friends are, and who our enemies are. And in, in respect to that, Danny's doing very well. Well, the, uh, the f- yeah, the only question, I mean, not questionable, but the only thing that would raise some eyebrows based on what you're saying is that it's across the board. Would you say that it really is, you know, 90% of Israelis? I wouldn't say 90%. I'd say the majority of Israelis. I mean, we saw that in the last elections. Right. Um, you, would ca- saw- you, you would classify that as a land for peace election? Yeah, I think the elections before that were a land for peace election. Now, right. that land for peace, the notion is dead in Israel. There are very few people standing up and saying, we've got to give them this and we're going to get peace. I don't think anybody really believes that anymore. Understood. In fact, I know that nobody really believes that. Johnny Daniels with us live via telephone. All right, you are the great-grandchild of a Holocaust survivor, and you have set up a not-for-profit organization, which is called From the Depths. And its goal, uh, as we've been told, uh, is to connect the gap or close the gap between Holocaust survivors and the next generation. Before we talk about this landmark event that you're going to be doing about 10 days from now, give me an overview of this organization. The organization was really set up, as you said, to, to bridge that gap. Um, I sat down with Professor Eddie Wiesel a couple of months ago when we, we started initiating the idea. And Professor Wiesel said something truly remarkable. He said, Johnny, if your generation don't stand up now and you're not the witnesses to the witnesses, then everything that I've done is in vain. Okay. And that really is what we're all about. It's standing up as the last generation who will be able to be the winners to the witnesses. My eldest daughter is four years old. Right. She was named after my wife's grandmother, a survivor of Auschwitz-Birkenau. She, unlike me, will never have the opportunity to speak to a to Holocaust survivor and really fathom what they have to say. And that, for me, really pushed me um, to go forward and to do something um, and when Ellie, to keep the memory alive. And when Ellie Wiesel gives a directive to somebody regarding World War II, you take it very seriously. <laughs> You sure do. That's for sure. All right. The 27th of January, that's what we're uh, up to. The 27th of January, 12 days from now, 
you're going to bring together uh, an historic event that's going to be happening in Europe. It's going to include many heads of state. Uh, it will include uh, the majority of the Knesset. Is that true? The majority of the Knesset members are going to be in Europe that day? Yeah, for the first time in history, um, not just in Europe, but the majority of the Knesset are coming together um, outside of the Knesset. E- even in Israel, we've never had a situation where the majority of the Knesset has come together for a gathering. All right, tell us what the event is, then we'll ask you about how how curious it is that you were able to get together all these uh, Knesset members to go along. Yeah, so it's the 27th of January, which is International Holocaust Memorial Day. Right. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be flying, as I said, the majority of the Knesset. With the majority of the Knesset, we have the head of Israel's bank, the Supreme Court justices, the state controller, the chief rabbis, and most importantly, a significant group of survivors. Um, And we'll be flying for one day to Poland. Uh, And in Poland, the Knesset will be gathering on the grounds of Auschwitz-Birkenau. We'll be marching in together to Auschwitz-Birkenau. And most significantly, and most importantly, we'll be marching out together as well. Whose idea was this? Um, it was my idea. Um, I came up with the idea about six months ago didn't, on a trip to Poland. Didn't you, de- didn't you think, as I'm thinking now, that even though it's an amazing concept, it, it, it would be very difficult to get all these government officials to agree to come? Of course. I mean, something like that was not easy to do, and, and, and you know, still the level of difficulty is, is, is remarkable. Um, but, you know, when you I, I felt from the beginning... That, that the 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 kiddush Hashem involved in this um, will will just surpass everything, and I really believed, and believe me, it was not easy. I mean, we're we're funding this event as well, and it's it's not easy as a as a twenty eight year old kid to get up and, and raise close to a million dollars to bring put something like this together. It's not easy to convince the Knesset to come to Poland. It's not easy to con- convince the Polish government to have the Knesset convene in Poland. There were a lot of difficulties here, but really it was, uh, you know, with a lot of the Seattle Dishmai and Hashem, we were able to, to, to make this happen. Is the Prime Minister himself expected to be there? The Prime Minister will not be coming. Um, the reason the Prime Minister will not be coming is because we have the majority of the Knesset there. Um, we have over 65 members um, that will be coming, including eight ministers, um, Yair Lapid, Naftali Bennett, uh, and others delegation will be headed by the Speaker of the Knesset. Um, you can imagine that the security right now is, uh, you know, quite serious. Yeah, I would guess you need every security officer in Poland to help with this. And you're right. probably, and, probably and bringing you plenty from Israel. Into that, it would, uh, uh, yeah, I can only imagine. The yeah. majority of the Knesset, including eight ministers, the head of Israel's bank, the state controller, the head of the Supreme Court, are all going to be together on the 27th of January at Auschwitz-Birkenau in this... Uh, in this incredibly symbolic and unbelievable occasion. It is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The Israeli government, the Knesset, will gather outside of the state of Israel, in this case on the grounds of Auschwitz-Birkenau, on that Monday, the 27th of January. Johnny Daniels is with us live via telephone. He is coordinating the entire thing. I mean, the symbolism here that the Israeli... I mean, could you imagine... Uh, you're, you're, as we said, you're a grandchild of survivors. Could you imagine what your previous generations would be saying that on that very spot, the government of the state of Israel is going to have that type of representation? Right. And, you know, again, more than anything, we're doing this for the survivors as well. Right. We're coming with survivors, um, which is in itself something that's not easy. You know, we're, we're taking into account that the 
27th of January is likely to be freezing in Poland. It could be minus 20 degrees Celsius. Right. Um, and the survivors will be coming with us, accompanying us on the planes from Israel. We're flying out for one day. We leave Israel at 6 in the morning and we return at 4 the next morning. Um, and the significance for them is, is just remarkable. I was called by a 93-year-old survivor in Tel Aviv. And he said to me, Johnny, I have to be there. I have to be there. He said, for me, this is a level of closure that I've never received. For me to stand at the place that 69 years ago, I didn't imagine I'd survive another minute. To be there this many years later with the government of the state of Israel, with the symbolism of Jewish democracy. And he said to me, when we talk about the fact that there's never again, never again has turned into a phrase that everybody throws around, never again. The reason why there will, it will be never again is because we have the state of Israel, because we have a Jewish army, because at last we're looking after ourselves. And that is the, is the strength of this event. It's the closure that we're giving on a certain level to a lot of these survivors that will be with us and others that will be watching around the world. So essentially every survivor who you're with will be accompanied by a member of the Israeli government, essentially. Exactly. We're going to be marching into Birkenau, hand in hand with the survivors. Unbelievable. It's truly remarkable. Um, well, here's the big question. Now that we've made this... Uh uh, public to our audience, uh, I'm sure there are people who are curious if it's open to the public. Is it possible for someone to join you on this mission that day? It, it still is possible. Um, as you can imagine, with, with security details and so on and so forth, time really is of the essence. Um, what do you recommend for somebody who really wants to come along? All the details can be found on our website, www.fromthedepths.com. Org. From the depths, D E P T H S dot org. Exactly. People can come on, have a look, get a bit more of an understanding, and reach out to us. And the first decision I made here was that this is not my event. This event is 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 Shayach is owned by the Jewish people. It's open to everybody. Unbelievable. There's there's there's, there's nobody that can come. There's nobody that can't come. Needless to say, there are different. Uh, you know, there's we have to go about it in a certain way and with security right. procedures and so on and so forth. But any, anybody that wants to be there, we'd, we'd love to welcome there and to have us a part of this In, unbelievable day. Yeah, on information about this incredible journey uh, from the depths.org, from the depths.org. Johnny Daniels is uh, coordinating <clears throat> a trip uh, that will be in Poland for one day on the 27th of January on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The Israeli Knesset, the majority of the Israeli government, and the head of Israel's bank and the state controller and the head of the Supreme Court will be in Poland with Holocaust survivors for those 16 hours to march into Auschwitz-Birkenau, to be there on that spot, and to uh, bring survivors back close to 70 years later to the very spot where, as Johnny said so eloquently, they didn't know if they would survive another minute. Information about this from the depths.org, and I'm sure we and other media sources will be talking about this uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Day has become somewhat of a of a factor. I know the UN and others uh, uh, utilize the day with appropriate programming, so I'm sure it will be a centerpiece of a lot of coverage out there. O- already, have you seen the press react to this event? Uh, uh, to an unbelievable level, I have to tell you that we have signed on already um, close to 400 international media outlets. Wow! 
Um, I'm building. I'm building a ten in Birkin. I have to tell you that that for me was one of the most difficult things to do. I, I sat in the offices of the SS in Auschwitz. I sat in the offices where they decided which members of my family were going to be killed, and I sat on the exact conference table that they sat at, and I signed a contract with Auschwitz Birkenau. I signed a contract to bring the Knesset, and uh, it, it is truly remarkable. Truly remarkable. We're building a thousand square meter tent in Aus- in Birkenau. We're building another four hundred square meter tent just for press. We've had interest from from close to sixty different countries around the world who are interested in showing the event alive. You will be able to see that online as well through our website. Um, and it, it's really just been truly remarkable. And as you said, the 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 interest is growing on a daily basis. Can only imagine. Johnny Kolakavod, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I know it's going to be a very meaningful event, and Jews around the world will be paying careful attention, and we should, as you said earlier about Eli Wiesel, if we're going to bridge the gap and if we're going to be the with the witnesses to the witnesses, then we need events like this to, uh, uh, to, to keep us focused on this. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All the best. Johnny good. Daniels, uh, check out the website, fromthedepths.org. An amazing day is uh, scheduled for the 27th of January as the Israeli Knesset, or the majority of the Knesset, heads to Auschwitz-Birkenau with a group of survivors on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Four minutes before 8 o'clock, this is JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Rabbi Sons with Cole Nishma. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmintheam.org. It is a Wednesday morning, and guess what? Tomorrow is Tubishvat. Could you imagine? Uh, it's going to be happening tomorrow, our big celebration right here in studio. I hope you'll be tuned in around the world. And listening in as Mayor Weingarten and I celebrate Tu B'Shvat with everybody as we do each and every year. It's one of our one of our favorite things to do. Make sure to be tuned in for the big celebration tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Allison Josephs is in our studio. Allison Josephs is going to be with us at Legendary Destinations down in Florida for Pesach. Allison Josephs has plenty to say about our amazing heritage and tradition. And Allison Josephs, I say good morning and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. You can't keep me off the show. I know. What's going on here? All of a sudden, it's like a shuttle service. You're back here every week. No, I know. It's not every week. Jew in the City. Uh, check it out. Jewinthecity.com gives you all the information about everything that you need to know. About her, uh, what would I call it? Incredible life, crazy life, interesting life. What would you say? Oh, interesting, uh, yeah, journey. Incredible and crazy. <laughs> it's all the above. Uh, and we'll speak with uh, our friends at Legendary Destinations in a few minutes as well. I know you're looking forward to a wonderful Pesach holiday, Definitely. as are we. So we, uh, we look forward to being together there. All right, um, you're making a big issue. I was examining your website this morning and checking out some of the things that you uh, have been writing about featuring, etc. A woman named Randy Zuckerberg, you've heard of her. She is the older sister, based on what you told me, of the founder of Facebook. Now, Facebook's a big thing, right? Yes, it it's is. one of those big things out there. And Randy Zuckerberg actually worked for the company. What was she? What was her title at that uh, point? She headed up marketing for six years. Literally was the marketing head for Facebook. Yeah. The funny thing is in her book, um, she talks about when she decided to take the job, her brother wrote out on a napkin what her salary would be and what her stock options would be. And she wasn't so insightful or you know didn't have the foresight <laughs> to know how much stock options she wants. She's like, you know, give me some more money, Mark, and less than the stock options. And he's like, Randy, sis, you know, you're going to thank me later. Let's do it this way. And so, yeah. <laughs> Thank God he twisted her arm. Exactly. <laughs> so she does this for six years, marketing for Facebook. Yeah. And you discovered, and you'll tell us how, that she, I mean, this is a Facebook lady, somebody who you would think wants everybody on Facebook 24 hours a day, right. seven days a week, and she appreciates what we have every seven days. It's true. Explain. So, um, you know, I, as she was involved in this digital world, she started seeing that there were things co- sort of got complicated, like online etiquette, how do you announce, you know, dating someone or, you know, someone dying, God forbid, or like there's just all this stuff that never needed to be figured out before right. online etiquette. And then she saw also that, you know, it takes over our lives in some ways and that although Basically, she looks at it, you know, even though she doesn't come from an observant background, she said it's really par of is how technology is, and you can use it for the good or the bad. I told her it's a very Jewish value. So she wrote a book, Dot Complicated, Untangling Our Wired Lives. I saw an article about it that she's recommending that everybody take a digital Sabbath or, you know, unplug once a week on Saturday if you're Jewish, Sunday if you're not. So I posted on Facebook, wow, look, you know, Mark's sister is telling people to unplug on Shabbos. He, he must have tried to kill her after that. <laughs> so... um <laughs> 
So the thing is that a couple weeks later after I posted, and I said, oh, Randy's invited to us for Shabbos. A couple weeks later, her marketing people contacted me and said, we'd love for you to interview her and, and you know, Skype with her. We'll send you a book. So I was like, cool. Like, you know, first I wanted to meet Mayim Bialik, and then she came to me, and right. then Randy Zuckerberg. I'm thinking, who should I wish to meet next? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we, we had this great Skype, and what, uh, what ended up happening, what I found out about her is that I think a lot of her traditional values came from the fact that she married a guy who was raised modern Orthodox in South Africa. Holy cow, I didn't know that. So the, so no one knows this. Um, he, uh, I think modern Orthodox in South Africa, once she explained it, was right. driving to shul. Right. But, you know, sh- uh, you know modern Orthodox, Orthodox shul. Orthodox yeah, exactly. Right. Kosher in the home, Shabbos right. meals, day school, that sort of thing. Right. She was on her way out of anything Jewish. She was raised reformed, not really so connected. And when he came into her life, she was head over heels for him. And he sort of brought the Jewish stuff back to the forefront. But they sort of existed separately in terms of observance because, you know, it was sort of, you know, each do our own thing. When they had their son, who they named Asher, which I thought was so sweet, wow. he wanted to have a Jewish name. They decided they need a unified Jewish message, message, and um, they decided that's going to look like doing Shabbat dinner every week, Havdalah, and then at this point they're up to four to six hours unplugging every single week. And she said by the end of next year, the goal is to be completely unplugged for all of Shabbos. Unbelievable! And this interview is on your site. It's on, it's on the site, yeah. Um, and at the end, you know, we talked about maybe a future collaboration. You know, just sort of cool to meet, um, right. you know, another. Other Jewish woman in tech. Um, Maybe this will, uh, by the way, soften the blow for a lot of Jewish grandmothers out there. There are there are a lot. I mean, obviously, every generation was affected, but you know, for those who pay attention and care. But but the older generation was really affected when uh, her brother went ahead and married out of the faith, and I think it was really so. Maybe this will soften the blow a bit that they see that a member of the family is going in the opposite direction. Yeah, mate, look, it's very hard when someone is not raised with so much, you know, education. I'm not, I'm not and, judging. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, just, no. I'm just saying that no, I know no, a lot of nice. Jewish grandmothers' sure. hearts were, you know. No, no, 100%. Um, what, what I think is really cool is that she has this, you know, a pretty big platform, and she's been on all these different interviews, Larry King and all these things, and she's advocating a digital uh, Shabbos. And I think really when a Jewish value becomes more mainstream and sort of the whole world can see that it's useful and there's something to it, I think it helps sort of the Jews that have been less connected see, hey, maybe there's something to this Jewish Totally. Stuff, so. And you know in her case it's got to be sincere because, again, look at the industry she's coming from. Sure. I mean, you know, if anything, she'd be, uh, she'd be begging everybody to hold two uh, digital uh, items, you know, 24 hours a day. Not just one is not enough to connect. Sure. You have to have two in order to connect. Jew in the City is here. Allison Josephs, uh, she'll be with us. Uh, Legendary Destinations, Pesach, which uh, she's looking forward to, we are looking forward to, and we will speak about in a couple of minutes here at JM and the AM. There's one other issue I wanted to get to. You, um, you have a, a, a post... Um, how do I not judge religious Jewish women who aren't modest? Yeah. Now, what is that about? How do I not judge them? In other words, you're saying that it's right. F- it is. It is correct for you to judge them. No. How did, the woman wrote to me. This is a real question that came in, and she said she is feeling judgmental of other women who are not living up to the, you know, the right thing. So Modesty standards. Exactly. So, you know, kind of why have the standards lowered? And, you know, is there some insight about, am I missing something? She's right. trying to be down the kafskas. Do we know if this judge- woman is, is uh, orthodox from yeah, birth? Yeah, yes, this is an observant okay. person. Yeah, yeah. So she turns to you. You yeah. have your very interesting background. She yeah. wants to get, have your impression on it. Yeah. Okay. What did you answer? Okay, so what did I answer her? Um, so I came up with, uh, I think, a nice thing as I was trying to come, you know, figure out 
what's a nice way to put it? Um, I said, you know, in Perke Avos we have a Selecha Rav, make yourself a Rav, um, you know, uh, acquire a friend and judge all people favorably. Right. And I said, I think we can learn an insight from that, which is um, we are obligated to judge all people favorably. That's just sort of the first thing. And so how do you judge someone favorably for not keeping your Tzniya standard? Number one, they could be following a different opinion. The opinions aren't endless, but there is more than one opinion. Right. Um, number two, um, maybe they were never given a reason to, you know, have a connection to it like you did, and so, you know, it's just not meaningful and they're not connecting to it. Number three, um, maybe it's a bigger struggle than it is for, you know, for them than it is for you, and so they're trying and they want to do it, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a they much harder. They haven't gotten there yet. It's right. a much harder Nisayon. Number four, maybe their parents did something differently and maybe it was incorrect, but they never thought to question it or look into it more. So there's really a variety of ways that we can be Don You know, it's interesting you mentioned this, uh, you know, maybe they're not there yet, because on the Zuckerberg thing, as you were talking about her four to six hours, yeah. you know, per week, sure. I know that 50% of this audience is rolling their eyes saying, oh, come on, you know, what, what, what good is that if it's only four to six hours? You, of course, look at it favorably that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a means to a goal. And she even admits in this case what the goal is, which is, you know, to, to get to perfection in this area, so to speak. And, and a lot of people just don't get that. They don't understand that, you know, that a limited observance or, or doing something or, or, or incorporating some type of ritual into the, into one's life, you know, is so significant and really leads to so many other things. The thing about growth is that it can't come all at once because it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be lasting. I've seen people that have taken everything on altogether and then they're gone, you know, a short time afterwards they crash. And so it has to be, you know, mitzvah goreris mitzvah. One mitzvah leads to another. And also just sort of finding your way through the path, you know, which is sort of psychologically it's not so normal. And for a person that has been plugged in, all their life, seven days a week. This woman wrote to me recently, and she said, what will happen if I'm just not answering the phone or the email? What happens if there's an emergency <laughs> that happens? And I said, thank God, you know, it's been, what, 16 years or something that I've been to Shomer Shabbos, and somehow we've worked it out. So there's been, like, you know, uh, a child was sick or a pregnancy, and then there's, you know, things that you can do when you speak to your rabbi about how to handle it. But um, I said, if you want to talk to a non-Jewish neighbor and set up some system in place, but I said, it, it doesn't really come up, thank God, you know? So it's just so unimaginable that you could be that disconnected for an entire day. And so for a person to ease into it, that's exactly the way to do it. So anyway, so back to this question. Um, So I never understood why those three things come together. Make for yourself a rub, acquire a friend, and judge all people favorably. And I think it's because once you're judging all people favorably, which is how you're supposed to do Maybe your own like um, you know level might lower. Maybe because you're being so open-minded. Maybe you're like, well, why do I have to be you know on this higher level? And so for that reason, you need to find your own rabbi and find out what his opinion is that, that you know jives with you, and that needs to be your standard. His rebbitzin, the rabbi. That's that's what you hold yourself to. Even if you're judging other people favorably, right. which you should be doing, you must go to you know the rabbi that you're connecting with and follow his opinion, and then make yourself a friend or two because you need other people to keep you up and propped up. Again, open-minded, judging other favorably, not looking down on them, but at the same time, surround yourself with people who have your standards so you can keep yourself to the level that you deem appropriate. And and that way, you really have the best of both worlds, high standards for yourself, and yet, you know, no, with a non-judging eye to everyone else who's in a different place. Allison Josephs is here. She'll be Pesach down at Legendary Destinations in Florida, where we're going to be. So we'll have a chance to speak there as well. We'll speak to the folks from Legendary Destinations in just a moment as we continue on a Wednesday morning at JM in the AM.
Are you an eighth day fan Jew in the city? Do you like eighth day? Oh, um, yes, I'm saying no, I don't know all their music, but all I right. do know. Are you a Jewish music fan in general? Oh, um, yeah. when I first became religious, I was like listening to a lot of things. And, really? Like, um, you know, did it uh, help bring you into this whole thing? I think or? so. Um, I actually I got like my first uh, <laughs> speeding ticket listening to Miami Boys Choir <laughs> when I was a senior in high school. I was just bopping along, you know, to. Uh, <laughs> Something like Shabbos Kodesh, and, uh, and I got pulled over for going 85 miles an hour. Do not do this at home, kids. So. <laughs> well, you learned that lesson early, huh? Um, and uh, so I asked you to Jewish music, and um, I-, I wanted to ask you before, 
The you mentioned earlier about again the Zuckerberg thing and the unplugging and all this. Does it? I don't know. I'm sure it frustrates you. Like it frustrates all of us. But what message are you? I, I don't even know if you're ever asked to give this message. But what message would you give Jewish teenagers, especially those who've grown up in Orthodox homes, about the difficulty and the struggle that they are all going through? And anybody who thinks they're not going through it, I got to be nuts. Because I know, I know, I and everybody at my age goes through it. Even though, thank God, we're disciplined enough to uh, to deal with it. But this whole half you know, Shabbos, yeah, the half Shabbos, the texting on Shabbos, or des- even just a desire to, or 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 even subconsciously, yeah. you know, thinking that you're in the middle of a text conversation on Shabbos. So when the, you're fir- not. the first thing that Randy talks about in her book is that it's really an addiction. You get endorphins. She says yes, that. Yes, yes. They've done studies. You get endorphins when your text comes in, when your iPhone beeps, when you know. You, I, I happen to like to be funny and make jokes, and there's a certain thing every time you, the thing buzzes and someone else likes something clever that I said. It's like, ooh, another one of those. And her sort of framing in that thing that we're actually getting, you know, like uh, something to the brain right. and that when you um, you know pull that aside then you're missing it so that's the first thing to just sort of be aware of the fact that it's an addictive behavior and sort of put it into and you would say this to kids directly yeah, for like sure. they should be aware be aware that yeah that there's a chemical component there's a to chemical this. Com- a, right. a real life chemical component if you think you know if the kid thinks that they're you know not into addictive type things to recognize that that they are and also kind of like who's in control or are you making the choices or you know is the technology taking over but then also I can't get so far from you know my bigger message which is like, what are we here for? You know, like we we have a short time in this world, and um, you know we're here to accomplish a purpose. And all the physical stuff that we're doing ultimately is going to fade away and is going to disappear. And it's only the spiritual stuff that we are adding to the world. Yeah, that's not all lasting. not all teenagers get that. But you know, you know what? I I um I had children that I think can get that on. I'm saying like I was thinking about this at eight. My daughter was thinking about this at three. Right. I, think, I think you actually have to assume that they can can handle because everybody knows that their their end is coming and maybe they don't think about it as much as weird people like me but if you <laughs> no meaning but if you if you have that conversation with them and you put it in in real terms that like this world is fleeting right. it's not going to last forever and what are you what are you going to take away from it it's not a comfortable conversation but i think it's actually a very important one because what is the sum of it at the end right Cheery stuff with me all the time. <laughs> well, still, no, I, I'm, I'm pausing only because yeah. still it's so difficult to convey. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and there are some kids who get it, but it, it's a difficult message to convey. For sure. You know, very few teenagers are thinking about, you know, what, what, what's going what's gonna to happen after our time here, you know what you I know mean? You know what? I've, I've spoken at different schools, high schools and Hebrew high schools, and the kids have gotten it. They, they have gotten it big time, and, you know... Even high schools known for maybe more like skeptical type of students or more jaded type of students um, were, you know, we're thinking, yeah. Uh, all right, we, I gotta welcome in our hosts. I got, I, I could do this with you for th- for three hours straight, as you know. I love conversing with you on the air, but we gotta welcome in our hosts because we have to uh, uh, thank them for uh, uh, really providing an amazing pace. I know you're looking forward to this. This is going to be a uh, not just a great time, we'll have an opportunity to really spread the message and meet a lot of great people. No, right? for sure, yeah. I'm going to be speaking four times throughout the holiday. And here they are. It's uh, uh, Alan Schoenfeld and uh, David Tafe and Masha Bolanzano. They're all with us live via telephone. Hello, gang, from Legendary Destinations. Welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. Hello to you, too. Thank Good you. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning are, are from the, Florida. All right, I was just going to say, the three of you are down in Florida at this point? 
That's right. That's right. We're here. It's going to be in the 70s today. The sky is beautiful. <laughs> the nerve of we them. just enjoyed the most beautiful sunrise. Uh, the nerve of them talking about 70-degree weather. Uh, listen, the west coast of Florida, everybody, that's where the Weston at Cape Coral is, and they're getting ready for Pesach 5774. We played 8th Day because 8th Day is going to be there. Uh, at some point during the holidays, Soul Farm, of course, is there the entire time. Jew in the city, Allison Josephs, who's here in studio, is going to be there. Um, Alan, how uh, how excited are you that Jew in the city, one of the most popular ladies out there in the Jewish web world, has decided to come to legendary destinations? I'm very excited, and it's very exciting when I'm speaking to clients. Um, the women are thrilled to have someone to listen to, besides the men. We're very excited to have Allison with us to um, share with our group um, her wisdom. You've gotten a ringing endorsement. How do you like that? Cool. <laughs> Thumbs up to that. Uh, David Tafe, I, uh, I know that you have been uh, working very hard on those menus down there. Nobody's going to be disappointed. Am I right or wrong? No one's going to be disappointed. We have created such a culinary adventure for our guests. We are going to take from so many different... So many different European experiences, and uh, I'm not going to get much in because I don't want to get everyone hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention David, who we we the last couple of times he was on, we stressed the um, uh, the background and history that he has as a gourmet executive chef uh, at what was uh, one of the uh, unique kosher restaurants in Manhattan. But right now, if you go to 92nd Street Y, that that's him. He's responsible for all that. Anybody who has a a, a delicious dairy brunch or uh, or dinner up there, uh, David, that's going strong. Museum. That, oh, I I, I apologize. I, what did I say? I said 92nd Street. I meant the Jewish Museum. Give the address one more time. 1109 Fifth Avenue. 1109 Fifth Avenue. That's where he is. And if you go to the cafe there, uh, you'll be able to uh, taste his delicacies. And that's going strong and really nicely, right? Absolutely. And we have. Chagall exhibition still going for this month, and it, people are just enjoying everything. The menu is really based on European food, cheese blintzes, potato latkes, of course, hand-grated, my signature locks that we make, five, six different varieties daily. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable variety, to say the least. And Masha, you are a, an expert when it comes to luxury travel. Could you describe to our audience, since you're there, on the spot, what type of facility we're talking about with legendary destinations? Yes, of course. So uh, our program is an all-suite program. We have one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom suites, uh, suites ranging from 800 square feet to 2,200 square feet. Uh, the Right now we're sitting in our beautiful one-bedroom suite in the living room. So much space. The view is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the balconies in every single room, washer and dryers, uh, beautiful dining rooms, even though, you know, no one, of course, is going to be eating in, in the room. <laughs> but if, if anybody would like to, of have a, course. Or have a private stater that we can make. <laughs> right. We have in our Mariner suites, we're going to be offering private staters. Those suites are tw over 2,200 square feet. You can literally have a Seder there for, for 30 guests. Yeah, like. Alan's been here a couple of times since we all spoke together, and he's been stressing how basically no stone is unturned. Everything that people are going to need for a luxurious Pesach is provided. The facility is amazing. The activities are there. The day camp we spoke about last week. 
I mean, I, I know you guys basically, with all your experience collectively over all these years, have uh, uh, given every kind of attention you possibly can to every detail. So uh, we're looking forward to something. Thank you, Nahum. That's our goal. That's basically our goal. We're so looking forward to something very nice adventurous and just a wonderful yuntiv. Alan, remind everybody, remember this is a WFMU JM and the AM fundraiser, which means from this end we want as many people as possible certainly to come along and enjoy this luxurious Pesach. How do people get information about legendary destinations? How do they contact you and get all the info so they can make a reservation? They can reach me at Alan at legendarydestinations.com or 212-971-9750, 212-971-9750, and Nachum, they're going to get me personally, and I'm personally going to discuss the program with them, not a salesman, no one, me. I am going to personally give them all their information and make sure that their reservations with Masha are 100% perfect. And uh, we should mention that those who've gone to other luxurious programs over the years that may not exist anymore, this would be a golden opportunity for them to hop aboard something brand new and something that you can offer, uh, you know, people who are used to that type of uh, vacation for Pesach. So we encourage that group of people to get in touch with you today as well. Correct. And I just want to mention to you that the group of people we have right now are from all over the world. The Netherlands, Mexico City. Argentina, South Africa, New Hampshire, Chicago, L.A., all over. We have a beautiful, eclectic, modern Orthodox group to have a blast. Are you worried about addressing the uh, people from South America? As long as they understand and, English. And Mexico? And, I mean, can they relate to a Jew in the city? You know, a, a Jersey girl? Can they relate to you? I, I think they can. Uh, <laughs> I think they'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Al. We can buy you a Rosetta Stone if you want. <laughs> Start I'm learning Spanish. Later. Although knowing you, with your educational background that you went through the first time you were here, you probably know five languages. Am I right? Uh, my Spanish is about door the Explorer level. That's so, it? Um, <laughs> I find I that did hard my to French. Learn. I studied French and Hebrew and a go. little bit of Yiddish, a bit so, of that. So you are. A th- see, I'm right. You're, no, you're, but not fluent. Yeah, though. but you're hovering at five languages. I knew it. I knew it. And you know what the most impressive thing about you continues to be. I said this to you the first time you were here. It is unbelievable that somebody of your background has picked up this lingo, and you know which lingo I mean, as expertly. You, you attributed it to your roommates and classmates in school, but you really, I mean, you got it down pat. You have to be willing to ask to be corrected. That's what it comes uh, down to. You need to be, and it's it's uncomfortable. But right. if you have people watching over you and that they know that they're allowed to do that, then you can. Right. You know what the proper answer to that compliment is, by the way? Oh, Shkayach. Oh, Shkayach, right. <laughs> because, because obviously that, that exhibits your abilities. All right. Masha, David, Alan, thank you so much. Enjoy Florida. We will see you, I believe, it's three months from today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. Get in touch with Legendary Destinations, folks. Make everybody here happy and make yourselves happy with a wonderful Pesach. Allison Josephs is here. She is the Jew in the City website, jewinthecity.com, jewinthecity.com. You are heading in the month of March, before we get to Pesach, you're heading down to something called Tribe Fest. Describe for our audience what that is all about. 
I've never been there before, um, but it's basically like a Federation UJA Hillel type of event with, I think, like, you know, sort of 20-somethings, college age and 20-somethings. I think, you know, mostly non-Orthodox Jews that are connected to, you know, Judaism, whether it's through, you know, their job or some right. sort of social causes. Um, so I don't think that they have so many Orthodox people there, but it's kind of a cool opportunity. I'll be speaking to an audience of probably three to 400, and I'm hoping it's going to get my name out to, you know, just a whole new uh, range of people. I've been booked now at a conservative synagogue to speak in uh, May, which is exciting. Um, that's in uh, near Boston in Canton, Massachusetts, and I'm also heading to um, Atlanta in February and then St. Louis and Chicago in March. So people in the non-Orthodox world don't think you're too much for them. That's exciting. They're able to handle, Allison. You know, I wanted the message to be universal enough and to sort of put another face because most of the time they don't really like Orthodox Jews. That's the world that I come from. And so to know that the message is universal enough and resonating with all different types of people is is very exciting. You know, you just hit on something I have to ask you about. I don't think we've spoken about this your last couple of visits. So you just mentioned that you, from your own experience, know how Orthodox and the Orthodox community is viewed by other Jews out there. Therefore, you would advise us in what way? What should we tweak in order to have have a little bit more favor among our brethren? Um, You know... (laughs) That's a Try, tough one. Yeah, huh? no, no. Um, you need to realize that any time you are wearing a yarmulke or you know have any visibly way of being Jewish, you know, polite and courteous, and you know, a complaint that I've gotten actually, I spoke to uh, a church group actually um, in Englewood, uh, New Jersey, a, a sort of a cultural diversity training group. They had uh, Orthodox neighbors they wanted to understand. They said, "You people walk in the middle of the street on Shabbos, you know, when they no one says hi." And so be friendly, smile at people, be mindful to not take up the whole street. Maybe even if it's not so obnoxious, any any of the slightest thing could be misunderstood. As it is, they're basically judging us by every scandal, every negative headline. They don't know that the positive exists. So I we, we did um, a Shabbos in, where was it? Um, in New Jersey, Paramus. Um, uh, Shavuos a couple years ago. There we go. This Persian guy in a black hat, the friendliest guy. On his way home from Shul, it was maybe a three-quarters of a mile walk. Every person that walked past him, hello, sir, good morning, good day. It was such, my heart was like, you know, uh, so warm. Finally, someone yeah, who gets watching, it. Watching him interact and looking very Jewish and just being such a delightful person. That is who we should be. We should we should be the people that exude loving our neighbors as ourselves. We should exude menschlichkeit and Anywhere that you go where you look Jewish and you seem like you're pushy or you're impatient or you're impolite, then it it makes all of us look bad. Allison, it's always great speaking to you. You're amazing. Jew in the City. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jew in the City. Jewinthecity.com. Check it out. She has amazing posts, incredible articles, some great videos, a lot of funny stuff as well. People should know that it's entertaining in addition to being educational. And uh, and rec- if you know people out there who fall into the category we just uh, spoke about, people in the non-Orthodox world who want to know a little bit more, they can recommend the website to them, and it's a good resource. Wouldn't you agree? I certainly agree. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you down in Florida, legendary destinations. Excellent. Should be a lot of fun. Allison Joseph, she is the Jew in the city, and she's been a visitor for us this morning, and we are glad she was right here at JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM. That's the uh, Shlomo Cat selection of Live in Melbourne entitled Big Lal Avos. You heard of Raymond Avram Fried. He was amazing at the Haas concert Sunday night, and that was one of the songs that brought the house down. It's called Bench from Amachaya. And Soul Farm, they're going to be down at Legendary Destinations with us in uh, Florida for Pesach from their very best of Kalbach, Chabad, and Breslov here at JM in the AM. 37 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 46. For many, Yeshiva break starts later this afternoon. So I say enjoy it, and don't forget that JM in the AM is here every single weekday morning, even during Yeshiva break. So make sure to be tuned in, and if you're going to Florida, Israel, or anywhere else, make sure to schlep along your iPad, iPhone, iPod, uh, laptop, whatever you need to tune into JM and the AM 24 hours a day. For instance, you don't want to miss tomorrow's Tubishvat celebration. Tubishvat celebration tomorrow. Mayor Weingarten and I bring it to you from 6 till 9 tomorrow morning right here at JM and the AM.
Thank you. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world in the web, jmnam.org. And that wraps up an amazing Wednesday morning program. 9 at 9 is coming up next with Yossi Zweig. It's a great addition. Make sure to be tuned in. And then plenty more in the stream, including the Z-Report live lunch coming up 12, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time on the stream at jmnam.org. Have a fabulous Wednesday, and make sure to tune in tomorrow when we celebrate Tu Bishvat together right here at JM in the AM. Until then, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.